We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Esther Greenwood, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. And now in this place, we lift our hands, holy hands, and we thank you for your kingship. That no matter what's going on, you are still God. You're still good. You're still king. And you're still on the throne. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Now look to your neighbor and say, You came to church tonight. And then take a seat. truly, I'd probably just kind of sit in worship forever. But sometimes worship can cross over to a place where what we're doing is we're not actually worshiping, we're actually just indulging emotion. And this is the importance of praise, because praise causes our hearts to be aligned. It causes us to magnify God, not because He needs to be bigger, but often our perspective of the everyday when we take our eyes off of Him. Sometimes it can diminish our view of God. And when we praise Him, we again say, God, you're King. And then when we worship, we worship from a place of faith. Hey, I don't know where the smoke machine is, but can we stop it? (laughs) I can't see anyone. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. I got a word for you tonight. It won't be a long one, in Jesus' name. The word tonight is the word access. If you were here in the morning services, you'll know that I'm a little bit of a geek. So I look up lots of words. The word access means the ability, the right, or permission to approach, to enter, to speak with, to use, to have admittance to, to make contact with, to be able to reach, And tonight you have access. Pastor Wills prefaced this with saying that tonight may you understand all that you have in Christ. And may I encourage you tonight, you don't just have things in Christ, you have access to them. See, the difference between being hungry and full is not having food, it's eating food. The Israelites were freed from slavery and they were given the promised land, but it was 40 years before they actually gained access. Let it not be that long in Jesus' name that you begin to understand what you have access to in Christ. That all that you desire, all that your heart desires, you really do have access to. And sometimes it's a journey. And sometimes it feels like you're walking in the wilderness. And sometimes it feels like it never happens. And sometimes it feels like it always happens. But to everyone else, 
But in Jesus' Name, may I declare over you and may I allow me to teach you tonight, perhaps rather than preach, allow me to teach you tonight that you have access in Jesus' Name. Turn in your Bibles to Hebrew chapter, Hebrews chapter, Hebrew. <laughs> what a fob. Hebrews chapter four and verse 14. It's gonna come up on the screen because Jo's doing a great job. It's her first time on the, on the lyrics and um, scriptures tonight. Can we give her a hand? Wonderful job, Jo. Hebrews chapter four and verse 14 says, so then, so then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly. Someone say, hold firmly. Let us hold firmly. Say, hold firmly. Hold firmly to what we believe. The New Testament, which we're reading from, it was originally written not in English, but in Greek. And those words, hold firmly, they are two perhaps inadequate words to describe one Greek word. And that Greek word is krateo. And that Greek word krateo means, hold firmly, it means to become master of. To become master of, to rule over, to get possession of, and to have dominion in. It's so much better than hold firmly. But sometimes this is the limit of the English language and why we need to take the time to study the Word of God. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us have mastery over what we believe. Let us have mastery over what we believe. Let us get possession of what we believe. Let us rule over what we believe. Let us have dominion over what we believe. You see, there's a difference because sometimes our confession is, I am free. But we live out our lives like I am free. Sometimes we have a confession that says, I am blessed. But we live our lives and our thought patterns and our hearts actually live in a state that questions the very confession. And so Jesus says, come on, we need to be a people that actually has mastery, has mastery over what we confess. Do you know you can't master something overnight? You can't master anything in one service. You can't master something at times even for a year. But let's just imagine just imagine with me, for the rest of 2017, if you decided this year, I'm gonna have mastery over one confession. Perhaps that one confession is the love of God. And can you just imagine what would happen in your life if you would have mastery over the confession that is perfect love drives away all fear where God's love is fear, anxiety, worry, it cannot exist. God's love is that powerful. God's love is that amazing. Imagine if you had mastery over that confession. Fear would no longer have a hold of you. 
anxiety would have no part of your life. Worry? I don't worry. I pray. I don't need to worry. I know the love of God. Imagine. Imagine if we studied the Word of God and what it says about His love, that His love is patient, it's kind, it's slow to anger, that it does not rejoice in iniquity, that it does not rejoice in iniquity, but it celebrates when the truth wins out. Imagine if you got mastery over that. Do you know how much, excuse me, crap, iniquity might be cleaned out of your life? just if you had mastery over the one confession. And He celebrates when the truth wins out. Oh, imagine, imagine if you knew that kind of love. Oh, would you pursue truth, the kind of truth that sets you free? Oh, you would not only have mastery over love, but you would experience freedom. No wonder we hold firmly, we hold firmly to what we believe. That word, uh, what we believe, is the Greek word, Homologia. I practiced that. Thank you. And it means your profession, the root word of that Greek word means to agree with. You see, it's actually quite simple to have mastery over something because currently we all have mastery over a particular confession. We all have mastery over something that we agree with. The question I wanna ask you is in 2017, what would you like to agree with? Because sometimes we agree with the wrong thing. Matthew chapter six, Jesus prays a prayer and He says, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. I pray that is our confession and that is what we agree with. Come on, healing. No sickness here on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Hold firmly to what you believe. In Psalms 106 verse 24 and 25, it says this. Jesus is speaking about those Israelites who wandered the wilderness. And He says the people, oh, praise Him. The people refused to enter the promised land. God didn't deny it, they refused. For they wouldn't believe His promise to care for them. Instead, they grumbled in their tents and refused to obey God. And I know it's true that sometimes God says, not yet because you're not ready. But with the promised land, the Israelites could have had it whenever they liked. But the Word of God says they refused because they didn't believe God was gonna take care of them. Do you see how important it is? What you agree with. If you would agree that God will take care of your every need, It may not look like what you thought it would look like. Oh, but He'll take care of it if you believe and if you hold firmly. If you decide I'm gonna gain mastery over this. Lord, teach me how to be a master of this confession. Is this good? Yeah, it is. 
in the next scripture. Let us hold firmly to what we believe in verse 15. This high priest of ours, oh, praise him. He understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. He understands all of our weaknesses, for He faced all, not some, all, all, all of the same testings we do, yet He did not sin. I used to read that and think, well, yeah, well, you're Jesus. (laughs) Of course, you're not gonna sin. You're fully God and fully man. You kind of had like an advantage on me, you know? And as I dug into the Scripture, What it actually says is not, the importance of the Scripture is not in the words used, but in the tense that it is used. So the tense that this is written in, in Greek, I'll read it to you. It's in a perfect Greek tense, which corresponds to the perfect tense in English, but describes an action, an action, an action. This is an action that he understood and he faced all the same testings, yet he did not sin. It is an action which is viewed as having been completed once and for all, not needing to be completed again, not needing to be done again, not needing to be repeated. You see, he faced all the same testings and all the same weaknesses that we do, but he didn't sin. He was perfect, so you don't need to be. He was perfect, so you don't need to be. He was weak, so that when you you were weak, you could look at the Scripture and say, look at that strength. He faced that same weakness, but He was strong. I don't need to be that. I just need to hold firmly to it. It is perfect. He was perfect, so we don't need to be. It is written with the same kind of finality as when Jesus breathed the words on the cross. It is finished. That is what it says. It is finished. It's finished. It is done. No more. No more do people need to earn their way. No more do people need to prove themselves. Jesus faced all of those weaknesses and He did not sin so that when this unblemished, guilt-free Lamb of God died on the cross, that gave us access to a perfect God. Jesus was perfection, so we don't need to. He accomplished it all, and you are the accomplishment. You're it. You are the crowning glory. He was perfection. And the last one, oh, Pastor Wells, I'm finishing up in good time doesn't happen often. And verse 16, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. 
there we will receive His mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So let us come boldly. Someone say boldly. Oh, say boldly. You know that word boldly? It doesn't mean this, coming boldly before the throne of grace. That's actually not what it means, although that's probably the picture you will now have in your head forever. <laughs> I'll do it again. Do, Pastor Wills, put your phone down. Don't. <laughs> that word boldly, boldly. In Greek, this is what it means. It means an all-out-spokenness. It means an unreservedness in speech. It means to pour forth. It means free and fearless confidence. It means cheerful courage. It means blessed assurance. But it is an unreservedness in speech to come boldly before the throne of grace is to say, oh, thank you, God, that you are the high priest and you went to heaven and you were perfect and you made a way. So here in your house, though I may not be perfect, I know you are. So I come boldly tonight and I say, I'm gonna take what's mine, Jesus. I'm gonna take what's mine and I'm not demanding it because I'm a spoiled child. I am asking for it with the declaration of faith because I am a daughter or a son of the Most High God. And I don't care what other people think of me. Oh, I'm gonna praise Him. Man, if you knew me like you really knew me, this is not my favorite thing to do. <laughs> Sweating. Get all frazzled. I am probably one of the biggest introverts you would ever meet. I know you don't believe it. But my preference is to sit in the living room with a cup of tea, a good book, and on a cold day, some knitting. And it's true, I knit. But when I read my Bible, it says that the throne of grace should be accessed boldly. The throne of grace means there is an unreservedness in my speech that my life needs to do some talking. Because I stand before you a very flawed, still broken, in need of a savior, human being. But every time before I walk onto a stage or before I walk into the front doors of my job, I say, God, my life speaks. Jesus, I'm speaking to you with my life. I need your throne of grace. See, a throne is a symbol of authority and power and rulership. But the throne of grace speaks of the greatest comfort to the worst of sinners not because it excuses your sin, 
but because the kindness of His grace leads us to repentance. Leads us to a place where we can get on our knees and say, I'm sorry, God. I got it wrong. Again. Father, I want to repent. I want to turn around. And I receive your empowering grace to do so tonight. You know, as I was reading this scripture this afternoon and praying for you this evening, one of the things that I was reminded of was when God interrupted me one day as I was reading Hebrews 4 where this message came from. And I was in a space and God just said to me, Esther, it's about time you stop interviewing your blessing. And it's about time you gain access. You know, when God says, here's the blessing. And you say, oh, fantastic, Jesus. Okay, all right. So I'm gonna lead a generation, am I? Okay, well, how about this in my past? Okay, blessing, what do you say about that? Okay, blessing, thanks for joining me this morning in my devotions. Well, okay, blessing, how do you match up to my current bank account? What do you say about that? Well, all right, blessing, you say that I have purpose and significance, but right now, I can't even get a job. All right, blessing, what do you say about that? I think sometimes we interview the blessing a little bit too much. I think sometimes what we need to do is to hold firmly to what we believe, to understand we don't need to do anything. It's been done. It's been done. The work has been done. We just need to hold firmly, gain mastery over our confession. We need to understand that we don't work our way there. God has done that. The cross has achieved the victory. The cross has achieved it all. But what we need to do is begin to declare. Begin to declare. Begin to declare by faith. Oh, God created the world simply by speaking. Imagine what He might create in you. Imagine you who are created in His image. What happens when you breathe in the Spirit of God and then you open your mouth with an unreserved speech and you say, thank you, God, that is mine. I may not see it today. I may not see it tomorrow, but in my lifetime, I'm gonna see it and I'm gonna hold on to it, Jesus. Oh, you'll see it in the time to come. Stand to your feet. A very simple, simple sermon today that I did lots of research on for you. Hebrews 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verses 14, 15, and 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace. This evening, I think we should come boldly to the throne of grace. I think there are people here and you know the great things that God has for you. And it's like you've been looking at it, standing and looking at it from afar and wondering, am I gonna ever see it? Am I gonna ever find it? But tonight I pray that you would come boldly 
And instead of asking that question, you say, thank you, Jesus. You have given it to me. It is mine. And with the authority you've given me, I take hold of it. I take possession of it. My heart, come on, let your heart soften. Even now, let your heart soften. What I just want everyone to do tonight is to take a deep breath in and breathe out. One more time, breathe in and breathe out. And just let your heart soften. And just sense the Spirit of God saying, relax. Oh, relax. Some of y'all are too tense. Just relax in the Spirit of God right now. He has given it to you and tonight that you may access it, that you know that you have permission to it, that you might take hold of it, that you might grab it in the Spirit. And right now, I want you to bring to mind the blessing, the promise, the dream. you're here tonight and you're like, man, that's me. Oh, I need to learn how to have mastery over what I confess. I need to know how to do that. Or perhaps you're someone here that is just doing far too much, aka Martha. And you need to understand God has accomplished it on the cross once and for all, never needing to be repeated again. Perfection has already been accomplished. What I want you to do is if you're saying, yep, that's me, but tonight I wanna access, I wanna come boldly. I wanna come boldly. I wanna come boldly. What I want you to do is when you're ready, as a statement of faith as a prophetic statement, what I want you to do is to move out of your seat and to boldly come forward. And is it is sure it's just a walk, but as you walk with every step, I want you to confess, thank you, God, it's mine. Thank you, God, this year I'm gonna see it. Thank you, Lord, this year I'm gonna rise. I'm gonna stand. Thank you, God, this year I'm gonna receive your healing. Thank you, Lord, this year my family is gonna walk into this house and they're gonna be saved. Thank you, God, this year that my class is gonna be saved, that my school is gonna be saved. I'm gonna have an impact in my community. If that's you and you're saying, yeah, tonight I wanna come boldly now before the throne of grace and I want this year, I wanna know access. I wanna know access. If that's you, just move out of your seat and with faith, just begin to come forward now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank 
you, Jesus. Oh, we're accessing it. Come on, let every step, let every step be a prophetic statement. I want it, God. I want to know your presence. I want to know your love. I want to know your goodness. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.